0: See, when somebody enters into a coaching relationship with you, meaning they are on the other side of that transaction, that means that they are curious enough to get here. They are curious enough to show up. They're curious enough to give you their money. They're curious enough to even give you their time. You say, hey, we're going to meet once a week for one hour, right? So they've given you their time and their money, but that still does not guarantee a transformation. Just because someone can live with a disease doesn't mean they should. The overwhelming majority of prescriptions written today are written to treat lifestyle disease. Lifestyle disease is defined as conditions which can be attributed to the way in which a person lives. This includes things like physical activity, drinking, smoking, stress, the quality of our social connections, sleep, purposeful and professional alignment, and of course, our diet. But what if there was an alternative? What if before putting pin to pad, we had a comprehensive solution in lieu of pills and procedures? You are listening to the Plant Protocol Podcast for current and aspiring health professionals who are done with simply managing chronic lifestyle challenges and are interested in taking a whole food, plant-based approach to combating them. I'm your host, Lisa A. Smith. It's time to come get this health. And just like that, we're back. We are back with another episode, another installment in this Be the Best Coach You Can Be series. (laughs) So today's episode is all about placing value where it should truly be. As a coach, sometimes we believe that the most valuable things that our clients or our prospects can give us is their time and their money. However i am here to set the record straight today time and money are not the most valuable resources that your clients can give you and a lot of us make the mistake of believing that as coaches once we get the transaction and once our clients start showing up to the sessions that like we're being granted a gift of their most valuable resources however that is not true that is not true so as a coach i want to explain to you what is truly the most valuable resource that a client can give you of theirs and why and i also want to talk today about mindset and essentially the reason i brought this topic here today is to deep dive into how we address mindset in our coaching program and really get you to thinking about how you should be addressing mindset in your own program and in your own coaching because most coaches know that mindset is of like pivotal importance right that we have to address mindset mindset is usually the barrier to a client's success and so i want to take some time talking about mindset today specifically from the perspective of how we incorporate it in our program at Farm to Table and the plant protocol and how and why you absolutely must be addressing mindset as a coach as well, okay? Now, here's the thing. The biggest, most valuable resource that your client can give you is not their time and not their money. That's what we typically say in general when it comes to what we value the most, time, we can't get it back, money, we work so hard for it. And so we have a tendency to believe or to make the assumption when it comes to having a coaching business that time and money are the most valuable things that somebody else can give you of theirs. But that is not the exact formula when it comes to being a coach, okay? Their money and their time is really important. However, the most valuable resource that a client can give you is their faith, their trust, and their belief in you and in your process, hands down. I'm gonna break down to you why that is. The most valuable thing that a client can give you is not their money, is not their time, it is their faith. It is literally their faith, which is believing in something that they haven't experienced yet, believing in something that they haven't touched yet, haven't felt yet yet, it is their faith. It is literally right operating sight unseen. They might have evidence of it from people they know. They might have social proof because you've provided social proof and receipts. However, they haven't gotten that result for themselves. And so for them to have faith in you is by far the biggest most valuable resource that a client can give you there is zero doubt about it so i want you to think about the behavior of believers versus non-believers okay so lisa why is it that my client's faith and their belief in me is the most valuable thing they can give me well i want to give you a very simple example of the behavior of believers versus non-believers let's make a very simple example and use like the church and God as an example, right? I want you to understand that everybody that enters into a church, for example, is not a believer, right? Like some people are curious. Some people are trying to get more information. Some people are, you know, like just trying to figure things out. So everybody who enters into a church, for example, is not a believer. And what happens is the curiosity gets them in the door, but the belief is when things really starts to change for them. So think about it, like, Somebody might show up to church for weeks, months, even years, right? And it takes them a while to become a believer, right? And the the minister, the pastor, whoever, they do their job well, and this person starts to become a believer. Look at how their behavior shifts once they go from being curious to being a believer, right? Right? First, it usually starts with they might walk down that aisle and actually join the church, become a member of the church or turn their life over to God. And then they may um, start volunteering for a ministry and, and want to be actually active in the church. And then they might start coming to Bible study and trying to learn more about how to read the Bible. They get more involved. They get more involved. And that is how it is in our programs as well as coaches. See, when somebody enters into a coaching relationship with you, meaning they are on the other side of that transaction, that means that they are curious enough to get here, they are curious enough to show up, they're curious enough to give you their money, they're curious enough to even give you their time. You say, hey, we're gonna meet once a week for one hour, right?" So they've given you their time and their money, but that still does not guarantee a transformation. What guarantees a transformation when you have a client as a coach is when they become a believer, when they go from curious to believers. And um, we have language in Farm to Table called plant curious versus plant positive, right? So I ask on the application for Farm to Table, are you plant curious? Like you just wanna know and see if removing animal products out of your diet is effective, or do you already believe that taking animal products out of your diet will really have a significant impact on your health? Because the behavior between a plant-curious person and a plant-positive person is like night and day. The behavior between a believer and a non-believer is like night and day. And so when they're curious, it shows, but when they're believers, everybody knows. Somebody put that on a (laughs) T-shirt. When they're curious, it shows, but when they're a believer, everybody knows. Because again, when they start believing, they start behaving differently. But not only that, when they start believing, they start behaving differently, which means they start looking like what they believe in. They start looking like what they believe in and then wait for it. They start telling people about it, right? So when your clients go from, I'm just curious about your protocol. I'm curious about your process. I'm curious about this plant-based life. To I fully believe in it because I have receipts. Maybe they've lost the weight. Maybe their numbers have started coming down. Maybe they're they're starting to get off of medications. They're starting to feel better, sleep better, have more energy. As they start getting those receipts, more and more they're becoming believers, right? And one when, when they are curious, again, everybody knows, but when they're believers, they tell everybody about it. They look like what they believe in and that their faith in you and in your process and in your protocol is the most valuable thing that a client can ever give you. But let me tell you what happens. The reason sometimes as coaches that we make the mistake of believing that that a client did us a favor when they give us their money or when they give us their time is sometimes because we're completely through our own personal lack mindset. So what happens is if we as coaches are not healthy from a financial mindset standpoint, then we can make the big mistake. Listen to this very closely. We can make the big mistake of overvaluing the transaction. So when somebody says yes to work with us, gives us their money, agrees to give us their time. If our own money mindset is not healthy, we can make the mistake of valuing, overvaluing the transaction. Do you know what something, what happens to something that's overvalued on a marketplace, right? It's priced at or labeled at or positioned in a place that gives it more value than it's truly worth it actually loses value, right? It loses its appeal. So if you yourself as a coach don't have a healthy money mindset, when someone, a client agrees to work with you and gives you their money and agrees to give you their time, you can make the mistake of overvaluing the transaction. And what? why is this a big mistake? Because sometimes as coaches, we believe that once they've given us their money, that they're all in on doing the work. Whew. We believe we make the mistake of believing they've given the money, so that means they're a believer now. Like, why would they sign up with me if they didn't believe in a plant-based diet? Why would they sign up sign up with me if they don't believe in a plant-based protocol? Trust me when I tell you, people will spend money strictly off of curiosity, strictly. So the work that needs to happen after the transaction has to happen based on their faith and their belief in you as a coach, but more importantly in your protocol. So don't overvalue the transaction because then what you might make the mistake of doing is undervaluing the importance of addressing mindset in your program. So like all coaches know that mindset is important. Like the biggest complaint that most coaches have is like people don't do the work, their mindset isn't right, their mindset isn't right. But if their mindset isn't right, it's partly your fault because you didn't address mindset in your content before they worked with you. You didn't address mindset after the transaction in your protocol, in your IP, in your curriculum. Like you don't have it built in anywhere. So why should their mindset have changed when you have never invited them to a new way of thinking? Because you thought the transaction meant they were a believer. No, time and money is not the most valuable thing that a prospect or a client can give you. It is their faith and their trust and their belief in you because you became a coach to change lives. You became a coach to to change lives. And so this is exactly why you have to be a plant-based vegan to get into the plant protocol. To get into my plant-based coaching certification, you can't be curious about a plant-based lifestyle. Like if you're curious about a plant-based lifestyle, you need to be in farm to table. To get into the plant protocol, like on our application, we ask you, Do you personally live and practice a whole food plant based lifestyle? Yes or no? I don't want any in between. I don't want like sometimes I'm one foot in, I'm one foot out. We don't give you the option to explain. It's yes or no. Do you personally practice a whole food plant based lifestyle? Yes or no? Now, why have I made that a qualification to get into the plant protocol? Because somebody who practices a plant based lifestyle, who has gotten a significant result from practicing this lifestyle, is what they're a believer. So that means when they come in and I'm helping them build and grow their coaching business, I don't have to convince them of what they're about to sell because they were sold on it when they came in. See, so belief changes behavior, belief changes outcomes. If you are not currently living a plant-based lifestyle, you can't get into the plant protocol because I don't have time to turn you into believer. Do that on your own time, then come in when you're ready to create a business. Now, if you need help becoming a believer, you get into farm to table, cause that's what we do that. We help you to adopt this lifestyle over there. But it's once you get into the certification that you already must be a believer because your behavior will be totally different. And that's the same thing for your clients as a coach. Guys, as a coach, being able to gain the trust and the faith of your prospects is by far the best thing you can do for your business. How do you do that? You do that before the transaction through your content, right, so whether your content is via a blog, a podcast, content on social media that's where you shift their beliefs that's where you change their perspective on things right so by the time they're ready to work with you even if they're not a hundred percent believer yet they're closer than they were before and then once they get into the program when they get on the other side of the transaction you have to be regularly addressing mindset see there's a set of limiting beliefs that your, your prospects have before they work with you. And there's a brand new set of limiting belief, beliefs that they will have after they agree to work with you. Sometimes as coaches, as business owners, whatever you sell, you make the mistake of thinking that once they have agreed to give up their money, that they're sold on everything you say or will say after that. No, you're the one who over, who's overvaluing the transaction, not them. I have had people drop out. I have had people quit. I have had people forfeit thousands of dollars and never get what they signed up to get. Trust me, you are the only one in most cases overvaluing the transaction. People will willingly lose money not to do some work. Trust me, because they, they're they not sold on it yet. They're maybe not sold on your process or they're not sold on themselves. They have a lack of belief, a lack of faith. It could be a number of things, right? Both of you could have played a role in it. It could be a number of things. But don't think that money, a transaction, is an indicator of a willingness to do the work. Money is not cooperation. Okay, money is not saying that if I give you this money, I'm willing to do everything it takes to get the result that you promised me. No, their willingness to do everything it takes to get the result that you promised them is based on their belief. So your job as a coach is to get to the root of any and every single limiting belief they may have because once you get to the root of the belief, that's when the work will start. Because if somebody comes in to farm the table plant-based coaching program, and they are curious enough to pay the money to get in the program, but they still have a limiting belief about where they're going to get their protein. When I tell them, like, if unless you have blood work that shows you have a protein deficiency, there's literally no need to supplement. When I tell them that they still may not believe me, they're still going to sneak all of this fake protein into their regimen because they have a limiting belief that I can only get protein from animal products. So I have to make them a believer in the contrary in order for them to fully do what? Submit to my process in order to get them to surrender to the process. They need belief. It's not just the money and the time. So we have to stop overvaluing those things as coaches to understand and have a clearer picture of what the hiccups may be as to why people aren't finishing why people aren't getting the result at a high level why does it only seem to be a handful of outliers but everybody isn't performing at a high level like what's going on there that you have to really dissect your programming right because it's not money and you know it's funny like a lot of times in our culture one of the things you'll hear is like that money and time are so scarce Right, like money and time is scarce. Money and time is scarce. A lot of people believe they are, and they're wrong. Like, you know what's more scarce than money and time? Faith. Do you know how many people walk out every day out of their house every day and leave home without faith? <laughs> they talk about never leave home without a credit card, never leave home without faith. Do you know how many people go through life without faith, without belief that things are possible, without belief in the abundance and the infinite resources of the universe. Do you know how many people have zero belief? Like people pay money just to explore. People pay money and give up time out of curiosity, just to be nosy, a bunch of reasons. But don't think just because they gave their money and their time and their attention to you, that they have faith in you, that they have faith in your process. And so you as a coach, you have to work with them before the transaction to get their belief. And you have to work with them after the transaction to get a whole nother set of beliefs a whole nother set of beliefs, right? And so be careful on what you categorize as scarce, because what's truly scarce is belief and faith. So many people operate with very little of both. And so don't think that you're any different just because they were willing to give you some money. So here's the thing, you know, the best clients are are the ones who already believe in you. Like I have when, when I'm doing suitability interviews for farm to table or even for the plant protocol, like those individuals who have like been watching me for a while, those individuals who have maybe been listening to my podcast for a while, those who have been in my ecosystem for years, they're like, I finally get to work with you. I've been listening to you. I've been like one foot in, one foot out, trying to decide. Like two or three days ago, I had a suitability interview for someone who, was, um, who had applied for farm to table. And we do the suitability interviews via Zoom. And so we got on the Zoom. And when we got on the Zoom, she was like, hold on, hold on. She's like, I just have to say, oh, my God, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. I'm like, what? And this has happened to me a handful of times where prospects, we will come on Zoom, which is me and them one-on-one for the suitability interview for whatever one of my programs they're applying for. And they'll be like, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. I've been listening to you for so long. They've maybe seen me speak in various places and all of this stuff. And so they really feel like honored. And it's usually those individuals who believe in me already. They're like, Lisa, I believe in what you say. I believe in what you're going to tell me to do when I get in the program. Like, I believe in, I trust you. That is the best way to start a coaching relationship. That means you have done your job. That means your free content was so good that it made them a believer before they even paid you. Oh my God. Those are the students and the clients that are like, Top of the class, they believe in you already. Like they already saying your little phrases, they know your lexicon, they know your lingo, they know your belief system. They might know some stuff about your personal life. I had one lady get on, like, we got the same birthday. I'm like, okay. She's like, I know from listening to your podcast for the episode you did on your birthday. And so that was a a super cool commonality because she already, trust me, she already liked me, and it was fun for her to have a commonality with me, right? And so when your client, when you can get people to believe in you, believe in you before the transaction, before they actually do work with you, that is the sweet spot because most of your work is done. Literally most of your work is done because they have a willingness to surrender to the process. Okay. So I had a coach in the plant protocol. She came in and what we do inside the plant protocol is we help our coaches create their own IP. We help our coaches create their own signature curriculum and program, right? And so most of you guys have been listening and you know that one of the things that we do inside of the plant protocol is we help our coaches decide on what their specialization is going to be. So they have to decide on the specialization. When we're helping you build your plant-based coaching program in the plant protocol, you have to select the specialization because we don't train up generalists, we train up specialists. And so I had a coach, we were in a live coaching session, live class one day, and she raised her hand and she's like, I'm really conflicted because my specialty is, let's just say her specialty was weight loss, for example. She's like, but I really want to work with people on their mindset. And she's like, so that's the part that people need the most. That's where they need the most help is their mindset but my specialty is weight loss. And what I told her, my response to her was like, you can't have a successful coaching program without working on mindset. See, the fact that you're going to help them lose weight is what the outcome that you're promising. However, mindset is going to have to be a part of Every single program you create, it's not a matter of I have a program that works on mindset or I have a program that works on weight loss. No, 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 no. Mindset has to be part of the curriculum, has to be built into the fabric of the program. So sometimes we make the mistake of thinking like, well, if I am um finance coach and I help people reach financial freedom, or if I, you know, am a a coach that, that does like mindfulness with people, then I don't care what your specialty is. Your specialty could be diabetes. Your specialty could be weight loss. Your specialty could be lupus. It doesn't matter. Mindset work with the client has to be built into the fabric of your IP, of your intellectual property, because it is impossible to help someone to become a new, higher, better version of themselves without addressing their level of consciousness, right? Their level of consciousness has to elevate or else all the work we've done from the neck down won't like, it won't align. So if you don't elevate their level of consciousness and their perspective, also known as like mindset work, then every, all the work you've done, once they leave you, like once your coaching relationship is over, all of that will unravel. And some of you guys have seen it, right? I've seen it in my time as a coach. Like if I don't significantly shift the mindset of the client, then the work that we do together will slowly unravel if they haven't been invited and decided to stay at a new level of consciousness, okay? So it doesn't matter what your specialty is. Your specialty is always mindset, right? And so before I tell you kind of how we address mindset and farm to table and leave you with that, I wanna remind you of the difference between teaching and coaching. Because if the most valuable resource that your client can give you is not their time and not their money, but it's instead their faith and their belief in you, then you have to understand that just being a teacher is not gonna be enough. So the difference between a teacher and a coach is that Teaching is simply the transference of information. It's that simple. It's like, and let me not oversimplify. I'm not trying to insult teachers or educators because it is a skill set that you have to learn. So I'm not saying that anybody can do it. But what I'm saying is teaching is not coaching. So teaching is the transference of information. That means I should be able to tell you something about how the kidneys work and i can give you 10 questions about what i just told you and if you get every single one of those 10 questions right i've done my job right i've transferred information that i have about the kidneys to you i just taught you something the number one most common way that we test for the successful transference of information in this country is with tests with standardized tests with non-standardized tests, right? That's how we were brought up most of us in our schooling. It's a way to say, did I or did I not do a good job of transferring information to you? I have tests in my program in Farm to Table and in the Plant Protocol. Our students take tests because I am a teacher in addition to being a coach. So I have to make sure that I successfully transfer this information from my brain into your brain. Okay, that's teaching however the mindset work the belief shifting work the faith work that comes from being a coach now if teaching is the transference of information coaching is helping somebody work through the resistance that they feel and that they experience when it's time to apply what you taught them i'm going to say it again if teaching is the transference of information coaching is helping somebody work through the resistance that they feel when it's time to apply what you taught them right so i can teach somebody all day how to get enough protein carbs and fats on a plant-based diet i can teach somebody all day about micro versus macronutrients. i can teach somebody all day about how to read food labels i can teach somebody all day about how refined sugar disrupts the proper functioning of the body and the brain and i can test them for that and i can verify that they understood i.e comprehended what i taught them however what's going to stop them from not picking up that donut tomorrow morning now i taught them on monday (laughs) the detriments of sugar what will determine whether or not they still eat it on tuesday because it's not it's no longer a barrier of information or understanding of the harmfulness of this substance. What stops somebody from eating sugar on Tuesday, even though they just learned about the harmful effects of it on Monday? Coaching, that's what, great coaching. So here's the thing. Coaching has helped somebody working through the resistance of, on it, I already know how bad this sugar is for me. I already know that it's gonna cause a flare up with my autoimmune disease or cause my gut issues to flare up or cause me to gain weight or cause my skin to break out or cause me to have memory loss. Why can't I stop eating it? That's where a great coach comes in. Now, this is the mindset stuff, right? This is the sweet spot of a coach, okay? And so here's the thing. Here's how we do it in Firm to Table. I'll give you uh, two ways. We incorporate and thread mindset work a number of ways into our curriculum at firm to Table and inside of the Plant Protocol, but I'm gonna give you two ways that have worked really well, um, just to share with you for the sake of time. So one of the things we do inside of Farm to Table, so Farm to Table is a 10 week plant based coaching program, group coaching program. But before that 10 weeks start, when students enroll in Farm to Table, before that 10 weeks start, we have orientation about a week before the official cohort begins. I have a playlist. It's 12 tracks. I have a 12-track playlist called the Psychology of Transformation that students are required to complete and give feedback on before the official cohort starts. So if the, let's say their particular cohort, I don't know, starts on January 7th, we'll have orientation on January 1st during orientation we we're kind of giving them the lay of the land on what's about to happen for the next 10 weeks their walkaway assignment between now and january 7th is you have seven days to listen to these 12 tracks on this playlist um i think now because i just added that 12 track so it's maybe a couple of hours like total the 12 tracks that's neither here nor there the point is that playlist the psychology of transformation is specifically designed to begin to start shifting their beliefs and their mindset to prepare them for the journey they're about to take. I am under no impression that the fact that they are enrolled, that they're here, that they paid their money, that they agreed to show up for 10 weeks means that they are fully ready to surrender to the process. I do not make the mistake of believing that. So, there's a psychology of transformation, that's what I called it. playlists that they have to listen to. Oh my goodness, let me tell you, so we like introduce this, and we have a private group for our our students, and they have to listen to the playlist, and as things resonates with them, there's certain things that I say on that playlist that really speaks to them. They have to come back and report it in our private group. Oh my goodness. It's amazing to watch our students literally be like, oh, my God, I can't believe. Like, for example, we have one track. It's called Here's Why You Need Permission to Be Healthy, for example. So students will listen to that playlist. And like in a recent semester, we had some students like comment in the group like, I never thought of it like this. I have only gotten permission to be sick. I have only gotten permission to be overweight. I have never... Like looking at my immediate circle and my family history and even my friends, I actually have never gotten permission to be at a healthy way. I've never gotten permission to be off of medication. Right. Like the perspective I introduce in that particular track is mind blowing for a lot of our students like. I never thought of it this way, but I do need permission to be healthy because I've got so much permission to be unhealthy. From My doctor has told me it's okay because it runs in my family. Like I've gotten permission to be unhealthy from so many people that I trust. And I never realized that I didn't get permission to be optimal from anybody. So like that track, for example, really resonates with a lot of people. So I have an entire playlist dedicated to mindset that's a required listening that must happen before we even get the semester started. So that's one way we address mindset in Farm to Table. Another way is I commissioned a good friend of mine, Brielle, to do a custom meditation for our students. So we incorporate mindfulness and Farm to Table. And so the second lesson in our curriculum is about mindset. And so one of their action steps after watching that module is to start incorporating this meditation that was only designed for Farm to table. Nobody else has access to it. You can only get access to it inside of firm to table. I commissioned and paid Brielle to do a specialized meditation just for us. And... Our students have to listen to that as part of our protocols baked into our curriculum. They actually have to log it when they log their food. Like we should see the plants you ate, the water you drank and a meditation you did that day. And it's actually baked into our curriculum and they are required to listen to it every morning. Why? Because a mindset. And we actually have a um, testimonial on the Farm to Table website, lisangelsmith.com forward slash apply. We actually have a testimonial on the Farm to Table website where one of our students are speaking directly to the meditation and how effective it was and helping her to prepare herself to do what's required every day. And so mindset is so important. And then the reason it is for all the reasons that we know as coaches, but more specifically because it helps to start shifting your client's beliefs because even after the transaction they still need their beliefs shifted and so if you are not baking and intertwining mindset work into your ip into your process into your curriculum You're making a dire mistake and doing your clients an injustice because don't think that you just telling them what to do and why is going to be enough for them to do the work. Like just telling them what to do and why is not enough for somebody to take consistent action. You have to consistently be inviting them to a different perspective to a different way of thinking. One of the ways we do this inside of the plant protocol with my coaches is we have something called grip classes. And our grip classes are separate from our regular cadence classes. And during these grip classes, I often address the limiting beliefs that I see popping up throughout the community, right? So I I take a deep dive like we did one recently about um, your purpose versus your passion versus your gifts versus your talents, where I was just and I took them through a series of exercises to explain all of those and get them to understand the difference between intention versus impact. Right. Like you all came in here with good intentions, but is the impact you're having with the public matching the intentions that you had when you enrolled? Right. So this is all perspective shifting. This is all about inviting them to a new and higher level of thinking. Because if you don't, then you will sit back and really think that it's something wrong with your process. But really, the simple answer is you haven't invited them to a new belief. For somebody to really expound their consciousness, it is a very, very challenging thing to do to DIY. Like it's very challenging for somebody to DIY their own growth and personal development. Typically they have to be in an environment that invites them to think differently. That where people become a possibility model of what's possible if they do surrender to the process. So make sure you're incorporating that because that is what coaching is, right? Mindset work is not teaching, it's coaching. And so make sure you're not just teaching, that you're also coaching and make sure that you don't believe that the time and money that your clients are giving you is the most valuable thing that they can give you because it's not, it's simply not. You tuned in today because like me, you're a disruptor. You're passionate about health and you have firsthand experience of taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating chronic health challenges. You want to see lifestyle and dietary modifications become the norm in the way in which we practice healthcare. However, you need mastery around nutrition and lifestyle science, a better understanding of behavior change to improve client compliance, and confidence in your ability to effectively coach clients to adopting those lifestyle modifications. You need the plant protocol. Visit theplantprotocol.com to apply and let's work together to improve the way in which we care for our most prized possession, our health. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. Until next time, remember, radical obedience is still undefeated. Stay obedient.